Father, we do thank you this morning. We are so grateful to be in this place together as sons and daughters of you, part of this beautiful family in the kingdom of God. We're thankful, Father, for the revelation that you continue to give us. We thank you for the growth and the supernatural process of discipleship that we're all journaling, journeying in every single day of our life. More of Jesus, less of us. So we open our hearts to you today. We open our hearts to the revelation of truth. Jesus, you are the infallible truth on the earth today. We don't need to look anywhere else but you for truth. You are the plumb line, the standard. And we thank you for that truth being revealed today to each and every one of us. And we intentionally, on purpose, embrace it and open our heart to it. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the anointing on the word of God, anointing on the word of the Lord as it comes forth for each person today. Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you want more of Jesus today? Me too. Yesterday's manna was great, wasn't it, Johnny and Tony? (laughs) But today... God has more for you. Amen. Will and Magai, it's really great to see you both today. Thank you for coming. We're, we're blessed to have each and every one of you here today. And I believe that it's by divine appointment that you're all here. I would like, if you allow me, to tell you a story today from the Father's heart about restoration reconciliation and restoration. And it all begins in Genesis. And I'm going to really endeavor to to teach today, teach you the word. Not that you don't know what you're going to be hearing today, but open your heart for more. Genesis 126, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were around the round table before the foundations of the earth. And they said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion, authority, and choice. Imagine God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit thought about you before you were ever born. And God the Father spoke out your life, and the Holy Spirit heard it. Now keep that in mind. In Genesis 2.17, we, we see that they did this very thing. They created man. First man was Adam, placed him in the garden. And God the Father said to Adam, uh, of every tree you can eat, but not this one. It's called the knowledge of good and evil. It is my tree, and I don't want you to eat from it. If you do, you will die. It was a command. Why did God do this? Because love gives choice. Love always gives choice. Love is not controlling, it's not manipulating, it doesn't coerce you. Love gives you choice. And that tree signified choice for mankind. Well, we know what he did. He disobeyed the command of the Lord, didn't he? Romans 5.12 says, Whereby one man's sin entered into the world, and by death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, 
for that all have sinned. And Romans 3.23 agrees with that by all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But that's not the end of the story, even though the sin problem came upon the earth, isn't it? God knew that. God knows everything. And he knew that's what was going to happen. So he, before the foundations of the earth, provided a redeemer, a deliverer. Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What is repentance? It's so important that we have a clear understanding of really what repentance is because I think it's been very washed down and watered down through, the, through time. It's not saying I'm sorry. Saying I'm sorry usually means I got caught. I didn't want you to catch me, but I got caught. True repentance in the Greek and the Hebrew, number one, is a change of mind. It's, take, it's like a fork in the road that you're now looking at. You take that fork in the road, and you've been going in this direction, but now you see there's a fork, and there's a different direction that you can intentionally, decisively make. And true repentance is not just thinking that in your mind. I am going to think something different. It's doing something different. In the Hebrew, it means turn around. You may be facing the sin and going in that direction, but true repentance is I am going to make a life change here and turn from my sin and turn in a different direction and go this way, toward God, toward cross, toward righteousness. That's true repentance. Hallelujah. That's what the Lord is looking for in each one of our lives. Not the excuses. Because you have free will and you're the master of your decisions. No, no, not all, even the Holy Spirit is going to interfere with that. And we know that's true because it's, God's not willing that any perish, but there's many falling into hell. And hell was not made for people. Hell was made for rebellious angels, not for, the, for God's creation. So it's not the Lord's will that any perish. That's his heart. That's the Father's heart. So God made a way, didn't he? And his name is Jesus. And we know John 3, 16. For the Father so loved you. <clears throat> In my Catholic days, I understood that God so loved the world, but I didn't understand that he loved me. And when I got that revelation that God loved me personally, that was a life changer for me. God so loved you that he gave. See, love gives. Every aspect of love gives. God gave his only begotten son, his prized possession, his greatest treasure, he gave you. Hey, let that sink in. Be in this story. Keep yourself in this story. He gave you his prized possession, his only begotten son, that whosoever, you're a whosoever and so am I, would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They would not perish, but have everlasting life. Mm. Chew on that. Let that so, I mean, we should be 
the most grateful people on the face of the earth. We're living the narrow road. We're experiencing it. See, when you didn't have that in your life, you didn't have joy, you didn't have peace, you didn't have the revelation of who Jesus was. We've all, we're, we were all there once, weren't we? Aren't you so glad to be on the narrow road, born again, filled with God? So Romans 10, 9, and 10, and this is such an important uh, scripture in the Bible for all of us because it's in our ongoing process. It, it started us off, but it's ongoing. Romans 10, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even thy mouth, even in, their, in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Your mouth is so important. Pastor Sid talked about the importance of speaking righteous words last, last week. And your tongue is so important in your journey of righteousness before the Lord in the flesh. So what happened when we did this, the moment? Uh, John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Glory to God. The, the most beautiful miracle on the face of the earth ever in a human heart happens. Colossians 1.13. Giving thanks to the Father who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has us, translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Greatest miracle is when your heart was dead unto Christ. You were a walking, talking human being, but you were dead unto God because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then somebody, say somebody. I have a spiritual mother, Joy Vaughn. Somebody came with the word of God and spoke the, the Roman road to me. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that you, you needed to ask Jesus, Savior, to come into your life. And that he would be Lord and Savior of your life. It was by invitation because love always ha- gives a choice. And at that moment, I remember, and I'm telling you, God looks at the heart. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to know the word of God memorized. I saw her leaving my driveway and I looked out and I said these words. I don't understand a single thing she said, but I want what she has. And at that moment, I got born again. God looked at my heart. I wanted Jesus, the Jesus that she had that was manifesting. I wanted that. And Jesus took those words. And that moment, I got born again. Glory to God. The Lord, the Father's always listening to us. He's always listening to your heart. Hallelujah. What happened at that moment was 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
I didn't know what happened to me. I just knew something happened to me. And that's what happened to you as well. Because God will honor your prayers. He is listening to what you are saying. Now remember, it's by grace that you've been saved. Not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Not of your works. Least any man should boast. Salvation was a work of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's not what you do that gets you to heaven. If it was by your good works, how do you know you were just good enough to make it? That would be tormenting, would it? Every day you've got to do a little bit better to earn this, this right to step into heaven. That's so religion. It's so man's way to God. So just forget that and, and just fall on and surrender to the lordship of Jesus, what Jesus did for you. He died on the cross for you. He believed the Father to raise him up on that third day. He trusted his Father to fulfill his word for you. He paved the way that every single human being on the face of the earth could be saved, could enter in, could be redeemed. Jesus came and gave us all a second chance. Hallelujah. See, that's the good news that we need to share. And it's simple enough for a child to receive. Jesus came to give you a second chance. Will you receive him? Will you invite him in to your heart and allow him to be your Lord and Savior? How beautiful is that? So we've been given this second chance to be born again, forgiven of sin, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. So what happens is it's beautiful, and I love the process of discipleship. Jesus said, he didn't say go out and make converts, did he? He said, go out and make disciples. So we are all in a process of discipleship. And I want you to understand so, something that's so valuable. God is not looking for perfection. He knows we're but dust. He knows that we live in a fallen world. He knows you came from a fallen state. He is looking for growth. This process of discipleship is something that you desire. I want to be more like Jesus. I want less of me, less of my yucky pucks and mess, and more of him. See, do you recognize that? I don't want, see, I used to be the best murmur and complainer on the face of the earth, truly. I had so many problems, that's all I talked about was my problems to anybody who would listen to me. True story. I had a revelation somewhere in my process of discipleship, of sitting in the right front row of Church of the Word, that I wanted more of Jesus and less of me. I wanted that purge for my life. I wanted my tongue to be used for righteousness, not unrighteousness. And in that desire, the Word of God and the Spirit of God merged in me, and I became immersed in the Word of God where, the, where I realized the power of the tongue produces life or death. And now I started using the, my spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit and my human spirit to start speaking forth the word of life. 
And the word of life became more powerful and more powerful and more powerful as I exercised or became a doer of the word. See how you overcome? In any area of your life, take the word, chew it, eat it, let it become you, speak it forth, be a doer of it, and you will literally overcome in every area of your life that, that keeps you in trouble or keeps you bound or in chains. The word is your answer. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. Hallelujah. That is really great news. He is part of this transformation. And in Romans 12, 1, 2, don't let these words become idle, uh, not full of power in your life because you are present tense and God loves you present tense right where you're at in your process of discipleship but he wants more for you. Who else wants more? Romans 12.1 is your answer. I, be, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. No one can do that but you. You present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Jesus redeemed your spirit, soul, and body unto himself. Now, we have an earnest redemption. We're going to get a glorified body one day, right? But in the flesh, we are to present ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. So don't be conformed. Don't let the world press you into their mold. Don't do it. Be transformed. You be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind with what? The word of God. This is your instruction book right here. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We know that Mark talks about the, the ground, the condition of the ground, the 30, the 60, the 90, or the 30, 60, and 100. You get to choose how much fruit you want to produce in the flesh for God. Do you know that? You get to choose. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. No one corners the market. Don't fall for the lie that just because someone's in the pulpit, they got more of Jesus. Lie. It's not true. I'm going to say something pretty radical. God the Father thought about your life long before you were born. We have many scriptures that you were fearfully and wonderfully made, that he knew you in your mother's womb. He's intricately in involved in your life. He knows the hairs, how many are on your head. Or not. <laughs> he knows everything about you. He spoke your life into existence long before you were born. The Holy Spirit was there to hear it. So God did not make you to be like Kenneth Copeland or... Marilyn Hickey. God spoke their life that way, and they have been obedient to fulfill the call on their life. Maybe God made you to be a great wife and mother. 
of a lot of kids. Maybe he created you to be uh, a lover of people. Maybe he created you to be a school teacher that would have an incredible impact on the kids that came into your classroom every day. Maybe he created you to be a doctor to save some lives. Whatever that is that he created you to be, on the day of judgment, when you stand to get your reward, you're going to be, as you have fulfilled your calling and what God placed in your heart to do, you're going to be standing shoulder to shoulder with all those people you think have done so much for God because you fulfilled your call. God doesn't look at your call as more insignificant than somebody else's. Your call is vitally as important. And that willingness and obedience to be all that God wants you to be is what God's looking for in you. That's beautiful. So the Bible says don't compare yourself among yourself. You be all that God wants you to be. And in that, you will be rewarded as everyone else will be in that day. Isn't that beautiful? Does that take the stress off of you and the pressure to try to be something that somebody else is? It's not the way we're created. And that's a lie from the enemy. Just be you. And be all that God created you to be. And have fun doing it. Enjoy your life. God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to take pleasure in how he created you. In every aspect of your life, if there are aspects that you don't like, you don't think are pleasing to the Lord, change. By an act of your free will, decide to change because you get to. You can. God wants you to. The Holy Spirit's there to help you. Now, I have a question. Why did Jesus come? We know that Jesus, God himself, uh, was born of the water of a woman. He had to legally come on the earth, didn't he? He had to legally come. Now, Satan comes illegally to steal, destroy, and kill, doesn't he? He's, he's an illegal alien. If you really want to know, that's what he is. Illegal alien. But Jesus came legally. He came through the womb of a woman, was born with flesh and blood, and he lived for 30, day, 30 years, obedient, growing in the stature of God, grew in wisdom, obeying mom and dad, doing all the right things. And then he, uh, he entered into his ministry. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But he died on the cross. He believed God, the Father, to raise him from the dead. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession as our high priest for you and me. That's what Jesus did. Why did Jesus, God himself, why did he come? Anyone? Shout it out. To save us. To give life. To do the will of the Father. To redeem us from the curse. Take back what? Take back authority. Absolutely. All these are right. What else? Free the captives. Obedience. He came to obey his father. He came to bring us eternal life. Free us from the law. Glory to God. Yes. 
What else? Why else did Jesus come? He broke the chains of bondage. Point us to the Father. Oh, relationship. To set us free. Grace. He brought us love. He was the expression of the Father, wasn't he? He brought us to destroy the works of the devil. To give us his righteousness, Will. Glory to God. What else? To show us the Father. Well, he did a lot, didn't he? He did a lot and so much more. It says the books, if all the books uh, could be written of what he did, the world wouldn't have the capacity to fill it. I would like to show you one thing. I probably said that wrong, but you know what I mean. (laughs) I want to show you one thing in the Bible I didn't hear. Do you want to hear it? Are you curious? Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 through 17. And here in this verse and the verses to come, we're going to hear something really important about what Jesus and everything you said is true. Let's focus. Let's turn our focus. Let's just make a little change and focus on something in particular that Jesus did for each and every one of us as children of God, born-again believers. Matthew 3, verse 11. I indeed, this is John the Baptist speaking to the Pharisees. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He, Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Glory to God. Now, Jesus uh, came to John, and and he came from Galilee. And John said, I I have need to be baptized of thee. You come to me. And Jesus said, suffer to be now, for this is becometh to fulfill all righteousness. And in verse 16, and Jesus, when he was baptized... I want you to see that when he was baptized and went up straight out of the water and lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God, the father audibly spoke to the earth and he declared the identity of his son. Glory to God. You know, that's what the father's doing to you too. He is declaring your identity as his son. Glory to God. I want you to see yourself in this story as we, as we continue to go. Let's turn to the book of John chapter one, verse 29. John chapter 1, verse 29. So we see that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit, and he baptizes with fire. 
John 1, verse 29. And the next day, John sees Jesus coming to him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. I'm going to stop here and say this to you. Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. Now think about that. Elijah raised, the, raised people from the dead. He, he went up in a, well, he called fire down from heaven. He went up in a chariot of fire. He did great exploits. But John the Baptist, according to Jesus, was the greatest Old Testament prophet. Do you ever wonder why? <laughs> I, I wonder why. I wonder these things. Because John the Baptist had a revelation of Jesus. And then Jesus makes a very startling statement. The least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. None of the Old Testament prophets had the indwelling Holy Spirit with a recreated spirit. When Jesus came, he opened the way. That's why he's a way maker for every human being on the face of the, of the earth to have a relationship, eternal life with the Father. That's why the least is greater than even John the Baptist. But John the Baptist said in verse 32, John bared wit record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he aboded upon him and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. John seven thirty seven. this is the only condition to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with fire. In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This is the only condition that you need to have in your life. You need to be a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to have all your messes already cleaned up. I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Spirit to help me with that. I can't do it on my own. I need the power of God to clean me up. See, we're all in the process of sanctification. And you need the Holy Spirit for that. There's a lot of holiness churches, a lot of churches out there that say, well, once you get your ducks in a row and clean yourself up, then the Holy Spirit will come in you. Wrong. Lie. It's not true. We need the Holy Spirit to help us be sanctified. I need all the help I can get. What about you? Amen. So that's the only condition. Just make sure you're born again. Don't ever administrate the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, without asking them if Jesus is the Lord of their life. I always like to, to lead them in a, a, a prayer of repentance and making sure of that. So Acts 1, let's go there. Acts 1, verse 2. 
until the day in which he was taken up. Listen, I know some of you, a lot of you have heard these scriptures, but God's doing something different today. So stay in the story, all right? Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he went through the Holy Ghost, had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed them if alive after himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them for 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them. Everybody say commanded. Now, is that a suggestion? Okay. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Now, they didn't know what the promise of the Father was at this moment. They were obeying the commandment of Jesus to wait together in unity for the promise of the Father, which, you, which saith he, you have heard of me. In other words, he did talk about it. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And he says in verse 8, but you shall receive power. How many of us need power living in the earth today? The Holy Ghost power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Sounds like the great commission to me, doesn't it? To you too. Mark 16, turn there real quick. This is Jesus saying his last words to his apostles. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature that he that believeth on me and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And those signs shall follow thee them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. It's right in there, the great commission. It's for every believer. The Holy Spirit is here to break the chain of lies that the enemy has spoken to you about this beautiful promise of the Father that has been laid up for you as a believer to use for the kingdom of God here on the earth. They shall take up serpents and even drink any deadly thing. It shall not harm them. And, and thou shalt by, hand, by your hands lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The great commission right in it is believers speaking with new tongues. All right. Are we the book of Acts? Yes, we are. Acts 19, verses 1 through 6. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinthians, Paul, having passed through the upper courts, came to Ephesus. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? What a great question. Pay attention to the questions in the Bible. They're there for a reason. You should go, salam. You should pause at every question in the Bible. There's really some incredible questions. This is one of them. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to them, 
we've not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. And they're believers. And he said to them, until then, what were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Then Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto them, the people, that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues. You can't disconnect that. There's many people that are believers that have heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit asked for it because it is a promise of the Father. It is a gift that you must receive just like salvation. It's no different. You ask for it. The Father will give that to you. So when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have to believe you receive, just like anything that we receive from the Lord right now. When you ask for healing, don't you believe you receive the healing? Don't you then stand and raise your hands and say, glory to God, I'm healed by his stripes. And you receive it. And the next day you wake up and I don't have those symptoms anymore. Everything you receive from the Lord, you believe, confess the word of God and receive it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is no different. So you believe you receive it. There are many who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but do not speak in tongues. And they think it's okay. Well, I'm glad they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, but God wants you to have the evidence of it. Are you listening? Are you in the story still? All right? Keep yourself in the story. He wants you to have the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you why. And then there's some who have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, have the evidence of speaking in tongues, and just don't use it. Now, you can put yourself in that place, in the storyline, and please be honest and humble before your God to do that because God's got something for you today. Say that. God's got something for me today. He does. So, Acts 2, let's go there. 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, all filling the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues as fire. And it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. You have seen a thread of truth in the word of God. And they were all amazed. Every man heard uh, them speak in their own language. It's a supernatural vocal gift of God. It is a supernatural vocal miracle that is accessible to every single believer. Hallelujah. That means you. Say, that means me. So what happens when, turn to, let's look at 17 and 18. And, and this is, and they're all saying, what is this? What is this? Another great uh, question here in verse 12. What meaneth this? Another great question. You should stop and think, what does this mean? 
And Peter stood up and said, it shall come to pass in the last days. How many know we're living in the last days? It started at Pentecost, by the way. Where with God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants, on my handmaidens, I will pour out those days. My spirit. Those are the days, my friends, that we are living in right now. He is pouring out his spirit upon each one of us. Verse 32, then Jesus, this Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. He has shed forth this, which now you see and hear. See, that's manifestation. You should, you should see and hear the manifestation of the promise of the Father in the baptism of the Holy Spirit for yourself and for others. Amen. Hallelujah. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Well, they were pricked in their heart. Are you pricked in your heart? They were pricked in their heart and said to Peter, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Another good question. What should we do? And Peter said, repent. Do you know that the gospel, everything starts with repentance. John the Baptist, his last words, repent. Jesus, the first word out of his mouth in Matthew 3 when he started his ministry, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent should be one of your best words. Because I don't know about you, uh, as I'm in the process of discipleship and working out my great salvation and getting rid of some of those yucky pucks and messes, I have to repent to people. People. You know what that is? Humility. That's walking humble before your God. I'm telling you, there's such a release when you're able to repent before someone Praise the Lord. We're not going to go there anymore. I hope you got that, caught that. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. My gosh, this should be in every church. Why is a church so weak? Because they don't have this gift operating in their life. How many of you know that God the Father needs the church right now to be operating, praying in the Holy Spirit? How many of you know we are in a very precarious moment in the history of this earth? Are you aware of that? There is such a spiritual battle going on. God needs his kids to wake up. He said, if my people, only God's people are the ones who can pray. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves in prayer and turn from their wicked way and seek my face. I will hear from heaven and heal their land. We're the only ones he, he has. He needs us to be standing in the gap, praying in the Holy Spirit. Why? Praying in the Holy Spirit is praying God words. Holy Spirit. 
heard from the Father before the foundations of the earth. He's praying out your identity, your plan for your life. But as you enter into intercession, he now can pray for other things in the earth, other people's lives, political, governmental, all the things that God the Father wants done on the earth. If you avail yourself to him in this beautiful promise of the Father, praying in the Holy Spirit, he will use you to move nations. Change history. We're history changers. But we have to listen, obey the command of the Father and make ourselves available unto the Holy Spirit with our tongue. Yoked with the Holy Spirit. He needs us. I'm telling you, he needs us. This hour, he needs you to be praying in the Holy Spirit. If you have to get a timer, go to Walmart and get one of those timers you crank. I'm I'm all about little reminders of things. If you got to go get one of those and put it on 30 minutes, and I'm going to tell you another little tidbit. If you get on YouTube with your phone, type YouTube, worship in tongues. It will bring up on the YouTube worshipers who are worshiping in tongues. I have, I hope to meet these two women but I have prayed in the spirit with them hours and hours and hours. It's, it's fun to pray with somebody else in tongues. Do whatever you have to do to get yourself available and in position to obey the Lord's command to pray in other tongues. Verse 11, they, then they, were, they gladly received the word of God. What does the, what's the benefit for you? Acts 1.8, you receive power to be a witness for him. The Holy Spirit in you is overflowing, it's full. You're going to be bold and confident to speak the word of God to people. He'll speak through you in tongues. God gives you the words, the spiritual words to say. You've got to move your mouth. That's your part. That's your privilege. Acts 4, the Holy Spirit will give you boldness. You'll receive great power and great grace. You'll not lack. Wow. You're not lack? That's a promise of the Lord in Acts 4.34. He'll give you wisdom and fill you with the Holy Spirit. You will be full of faith if you're tired and weary. And Isaiah says he'll, it'll bring a rest and a refreshing. James in the book of 3, James 3 and 4, talks about the importance of the tongue. It sets the course of the nature of your day and your life. Read it. James 3 and 4. We know that there's power in the tongue. It produces life or death. If your tongue is your problem, bring it under the submission of the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues. Your tongue will come in agreement with the Holy Spirit. And that complaining and murmuring and... and, um, bite binding and accusation and judgment, all this stuff from, from hell will cease to operate in your tongue because you are overcoming in the Holy Spirit. Just, just I, I received something today. I don't know where it's at. I, I wish I had. This is the key to unlock everything in your life. The mystery of who you are, your, your plan, your, your destiny in God. It's what's hidden, hidden up for you and hidden from Satan. See, the Bible says if Satan had known the plan of redemption, 
they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. But Satan didn't have the whole plan of redemption. And he doesn't have your plan either. He's listening to what you're saying. He's watching what you're doing. He's looking for an opportunity. But as you shalabalakiarabaruta, he doesn't know what you're saying. And he fights it tooth and nail. He fights it in the church. He fights it in you personally for you to pray in the Holy Spirit. He'll come with every excuse in the book. He's been at this for 6,000 years. He knows what he's doing. But you know what? The, thing, the two things he fights the most is your authority and you praying in the Holy Ghost. You can pray in the Holy Ghost as much as you want and as much as you want. As long as you want and as much as you want. What's the purpose? Well, there's two purposes. There's one for you individually, your personal edification. There's another one, which is uh, the gift, one of the gifts of the nine gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, where it's a public ministry. People will speak a tongue out in the open, and then there's an interpretation of it. God doesn't use everybody for that. Did you hear what I said? God doesn't use everybody for that particular tongue gift, but he has given every believer the opportunity for your personal prayer life to the Lord. Open up 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I want you to see this. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Thank you for this beautiful gift. 1 Corinthians 14, follow after love. Listen, all the gifts of the Spirit operate by love. If you're not in love, don't operate. <laughs> Repent. Get into love. Amen. Right. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. Desire spiritual gifts to be operating through you. Desire the Holy Spirit to use you to help and be a benefit to someone else. How, how many of you are happy that somebody had the word of God and opened their mouth and shared the gospel with you? How many of you? Let's see. One, two. Okay. You're all happy? Are you glad that somebody had enough revelation that they compounded in their life to get them to the point where they could share to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Are you glad? See, God wants to use you that way. So desire spiritual gifts. Desire more of Jesus in your life. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men, but to God. Here's your personal prayer language. When I pray in tongues, I'm not praying to you. I'm praying to God. That is my personal prayer language. It was given to me as a promise from the Father. And it's a precious, precious gift that I hold very valuable. There's not a day that goes by that I don't pray in the Holy Spirit. I exercise that gift that God gave me because I desire, I desire it. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. I don't understand when I hear somebody praying, praying in the spirit. I don't understand that because that's your prayer language between you and God. 
For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to man, but to God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Say mysteries. Mysteries. Referring to the plans and the purposes of God concerning people or situations or you. These are mysteries. You don't know them yet. But God the Father does and so does the Holy Spirit and so does Jesus. And he needs you to pray in the Holy Spirit, to reach into your human spirit, fill with the Holy Spirit, and bring them out. I'm going to give you a story. My, my mother went to, uh, went to the hospital for an operation, exploratory. And when they opened her up, she was full of cancer. And they nicked her aorta vein, and she started bleeding out. She literally clinically died on the operating table. They were able to, to repair it and pump blood in her. She came alive again, but they gave her no chance to live through the night. Now, my entire family was there at the hospital except me. They all live in Detroit. And I got word and word and word and word, crying. I mean, just, it was awful. I mean, can you imagine the shock? A simple surgery ending in death that you did not prepare for. So when I got this word, I knew I had to get a hold of God. I needed God. I needed him to show up. And I called two friends, Kathy and Ann. I asked them to come and pray with me. And I said, we're going to pray till we hear from the Lord. And we walked around my house praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Not my soulish prayers. In the spirit. I'd say within an hour both of them came to me and they said this is what the Lord said one was I saw you polluted in your blood and I said live in Ezekiel 28 I believe or 14 the other one said have I not spoken it shall I not do it have I not said it shall it not come to pass numbers and the Lord spoke to me I have given your mother years and all I saw was an S that was a gift of faith that was given see when you operate in the spirit realm God delivers in the spirit realm. Do you see how valuable this gift is? My mother lived that night. And my mother went in and out of hospitals. But my mother lived for over two years. God fulfilled his promise to me. It all came from the revelation of speaking in tongues. All the stories that we could all tell. This morning... This is by the Spirit of God. There are three kinds of people in this place. Those who have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and do not have the evidence of speaking in tongues. And those who have been baptized have the evidence of speaking in tongues and are not using it the way they should or want more of it. If that is you, this is not your morning to sit in your seat. This is your morning to come up and receive from the Holy Spirit because he is here this morning and he wants to fill you with himself. Come, come. If you want more of your, more, more speaking in tongues, a more fluent language, you want more power working in your life, this is your moment to come. This is all Holy Ghost. This is not about you. It's not about me. It's not anything but the Holy Spirit. This is his desire for you as a child of God. In this moment in history, he needs you. He needs you to be praying in the Holy Spirit. He needs you to set an alarm 
a specific hour, a specific time in your day to pray out the mysteries of God, the will, the perfect will of the Father. This is the hour. This is the time. This is it. We don't have time to waste. Pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray to your Father. Pray out loud. Pray like you mean it. Pray it with, with power and might. Remember, there's a devil out there that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't want you fulfilling your destiny. He doesn't want you to fulfill the perfect will of God in your life. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want God to use you to be a benefit for somebody else, to save them, to rescue them, to deliver them, to lay hands on them, to receive. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in our hearts today. Fill us up to overflowing, living waters flowing from our spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. You said ask. Ask and you shall receive. We're asking. We're asking, Holy Spirit. More of you, less of us. Yes, yes, Holy Spirit. We heard, we hear the call. We hear the call. We hear the call to pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. We'll not, we'll not backslide in this. We're standing today before you, Holy Spirit. You hear our hearts. You see us. We want this. We desire this. To be a partaker, a prayer warrior for you. So that you may manifest your glory on the earth today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. More. If you have children here today, you need to take this impartation to them. God is using the children. Lay your hands on them today. Impart the anointing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God's anointing your hands. Lift your hands. God's anointing your hands right now. That impartation of the Holy Spirit. It's coming on infants. It's coming on children. God's going to use these infants and children in amazing ways. He's not a respecter of people. I'm telling you. You baby boomers. You white-haired, gray-haired children of the Most High God. You're a bookend. You're a bookend for God. He's going to pour a power because of your integrity and your revelation of him. He's going to move you and shake you and use you in this hour. People are going to come to you for truth, for deliverance, for healing. Because God's going to move through you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Desire it. Ask God for it. He's going to move on you. Yes, Lord, we agree with that. We agree with that, Holy Spirit. 
Yet we say yes to you. We say yes to you. All of you. The fullness of you. Yes, yes. More, more, more. We're not going to leave here and let it be just a good memory. We're going to leave here and be doers of what we came up for to receive. I'm going to be a doer of the word. I'm going to be a doer speaking and praying in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. If there is anyone in this line that is not baptized in the Holy Spirit, raise your hand right now way high. Anyone? All baptized. All filled with the Holy Spirit. All speaking in tongues. Now take this promise. Take this promise. Will, baptized in the Holy Spirit? Praise the Lord. Take this promise and pray. Pray, pray, pray. Set your alarm. Do whatever it takes. Pray and watch what the Lord's going to do. He sees your obedience. He sees your willingness. God's going to do great and mighty things in our lives. And this is just the beginning. He's already done so much. But watch what he's going to do as we say yes to this promise of the Father and operate in it. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of it, the joy of the Lord unspeakable, full of glory. Fire. Fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the refreshing. Thank you for the rest. Thank you for filling us up with your power. Everything we need to be great ambassadors on the face of the earth today in our sphere of influence. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to dismiss, but take this with you. You're in the story, and our story is never ending. Never ending. Be refreshed. Be filled. Enjoy the Lord. Enjoy your time with the Lord as you speak in tongues. Enjoy him and allow him to flow through you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Church of the Word International. We're so glad you're here. Glory to God. What a beautiful place to be at in the presence of the Lord. I'd like to encourage you in your worship this morning. Psalms 145. I will. See, use your will. You've been given a choice, a free will. I will exalt thee, my God, my King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever and ever. Do you ever think about you're always going to be blessing the Lord? Because you're a spirit being. You live forever. Every day will I bless thee. But, but you're living in the flesh right now. So you get a choice in the flesh to bless him. I will praise thy name forever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. See, when you make the Lord great, your problems become small. Amen. Because he's a great God and a chief problem solver. 
One generation shall praise thy works to another. Moms, dads, nanas, grandpas, make sure you're sharing the gospel to those little ones. They shall declare thy mighty works. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy powerful acts. And I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. We get to praise. It's an honor. It's a privilege of a son and daughter of God to praise the Lord. So let's all stand together and use your will. I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God. doesn't matter what's going on in your life right now. Make God big. Hallelujah. By praising and worshiping him. Amen. Almighty Father, the Ancient of Days, Father of Lights, Heavenly Father, the Great I Am, Jesus, the King of Glory, Lord of Lord, Prince of Peace, Great Deliverer, Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Healer, the devil-smashing Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, the indwelling Spirit of God within each one of us as born-again believers. We welcome you. We celebrate you. We honor you. We exhort you. We thank you for your ever-presence here with us this morning. We make room for you. We make room for you in our hearts in our lives, in this place, we ask you to come and have your way among us. Do as you will, Holy Spirit. You are celebrated here. You are wanted here. Have your way. Let's say this together. More of you, Holy Spirit, and Jesus and less of me have your way in me today i open my heart to receive everything that you have for me i just receive it today lord the miracle worker the way maker the promise keeper is here he is present oh we do we open our hearts to you today lord we invite you in the fullness the fullness of what you have for us today we will not miss our visitation of you we will not miss any opportunity that you have for us today we'll be good receivers lord of your infallible truth of your spirit yes hallelujah thank you jesus thank you lord jesus we thank you in advance we thank you in advance what you're going to do. Purpose in the heart of man is like deep water. And a man of understanding will draw it out. The fullness of God is within you if you're a born again believer. The purpose and plan of God is within you. The miracle working power of God is within you. Life-giving power is within you. Understanding will draw it out. 
Father, I just ask right now for increased understanding. Increase our desire. Increase our revelation knowledge. Increase our understanding, Father, so we can tap into the deep water. That we can draw it out. Stir it up within us, Father. Stir it up. I ask by your spirit right now that you increase our understanding and our revelation even in this service right now, Father. Take that word to heart. Embrace it. Keep it right here. Hallelujah. The deep things of God. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Well, one way we love each other and we love God is by loving one another. So turn to your neighbor and say, are you expecting today more of Jesus? Hallelujah. The children may be dismissed. Good morning and welcome to Church of the Word International. good to see all your smiling faces this morning. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Somebody say amen. Amen. Without him, what would we do? Up a creek without a paddle. (laughs) Well, if you're here for the first time this morning, would you raise your hand? We'd like to welcome you. Welcome them to Church of the Word. It's good to have you. Our ushers will give you a a little card, and if you want to fill it out, um, you can throw it in the offering basket as it goes by. Um, If you need a cash envelope for your giving, raise your hand real high. Uh, The ushers will see that you get one. If you're giving by credit card, do fill out all of the blanks. We will need that to process it. If you're giving by check, you can make it out to CWI. So last week we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 about how God supplies seed to the sower. You see, when you're a giver, God will see to it that you have something to give. And it also said in that passage how God multiplies your seed. So that you, in other words, you will be increased in your ability to give and also increase your harvest. So in Proverbs, I wanted to read um, Proverbs chapter 11, there in verse 24 and 25, it, it kind of, echoes this. It sounds similar because you know the word agrees with, it, with itself. So uh, 11, chapter 11 verse 24 says, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. All right, so the giver is increased. All right, keep going. It says another withholds what he should give and only suffers once. So what does this tell us here? Another withholds what he should give. Well, number one, we see that we should be giving. Number two, it says, uh, withholds what he should give. Is there a portion we ought to give? Is there something that is the Lord's? Well, we know in Malachi, according to Malachi, there is a portion that is the Lord's. Now, this also could be talking about withholding something that is owed to a person. But also, um, the Lord has said that there's a portion that's his. That's the tithe. That's the tenth. So, uh, another withholds what he should give only suffers want. See, 
having a stingy, selfish outlook is just not the way out of poverty. That, that, that's just not. What does it say here uh, in that prior phrase? One gives freely, yet eventually runs out. Or how about there in Luke where it says, you know, give. Does it say give and you're going to do without since you gave? No, it does not say that. All right. Let's keep reading verse 25. It says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And the one who waters will himself be watered. See, it's the giving lifestyle is the God lifestyle. See, it's just a byproduct of the spirit of God within you. It's natural to give for the born again uh, believer. See, God is love. And what do we know about love? Well, love is giving. So God is the giver. He's the ultimate giver. And so we are to imitate him. Amen. Amen. He is our father and we want to be givers because he lives within us. All right, well, let's take a hold of our tithes and our offerings. Let's pray over that. Father, we are so grateful to you for your love, for your kindness, that your thoughts towards us are good all of the time. And I thank you that you've promised to meet our needs, that you've promised to be our provider, that you've promised to never leave us, never forsake us. And so we gladly and cheerfully return the tithe to you and give you our offerings, Father, out of a heart of love and faith. And I just thank you that you will meet all the needs in this house according to your word. In Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets. All right. Um, Yes, it is the mission offering this Sunday, so Gene English is going to be telling us a little bit about an upcoming trip he has. In a second here, Gene, I'm going to go over the, uh, the, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Just wanted people to be prepared for that offering. But he's going to be coming up here in a moment telling us about his upcoming trip and uh, an opportunity to sow into that. And then when he's finished with that, we'll receive the missions offering. Um, before that, though, I just wanted to mention a few things here in the bulletin. Um, of course, we have the sign-up sheets for CityGate in the back. If you're interested in being on a CityGate team, That is our um, local missions arm where we go out and minister to the the people of Lancaster and Columbia. Also, there's a ladies' night out coming up. That's February 11th at Chili's on Mannheim Pike at 6. If you plan to be a part of that, let Karen know so we can be prepared for you. And also, oh, there's a sign-up sheet in the back? Okay. Um, Sign-up sheet in the back. And then the ladies' breakfast, you can mark your calendars for March 21st. Um, Two other things, maybe you're wondering where Pastor Sidney is. Well, he was at a convention this past week representing CWI, sorry, CRI. Getting to my my I's and my C's mixed up. (laughs) So he plans to return this week, so you can keep him in prayer, um, believing God for divine appointments. There was a few other jogs to his trip. Um, And I'm just believing, and he is as well, that uh, there's divine appointments there. Also, your donation summaries are ready and in the back. So if you've been waiting for those, uh, please pick them up in the back. All right, Gene, you want to come share about your trip? And then when you're finished, receive the mission offering. Oh, one more thing. Since we're talking about missions, um, the Mirabella's newsletter is in the back. And they've got some prayer requests on there. They are trying to get in. And they're doing an incredible work there. So it's 
Very interesting. Be sure and pick one of those up. Amen, amen. How many of you are excited to be a part of a giving church? A missions-minded church. If you're a visitor, you can see the flags around here from all over the, the world, literally. And we have a heart for the lost. Amen? And if you don't, you need to get on board. <laughs> Amen? As uh, Jen shared, uh, my wife and I are actually moving into a new season. And uh, we're able to, we'll be able to uh, do more ministry. So <clears throat> this is actually the first of many that God has called us to. And it's a trip. And as God leads you, you have your opportunities to uh, contribute if you want. But again, this is Mission Sunday. So prepare your hearts to give what you have committed to any of these countries or to any of the ministries that we have provided for, uh, that we provide for here. That just gives you a small window of what uh, is all about, what we do, and what you have an opportunity to sow into. Um, I want to ask you to turn to Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, and Jen speaks of it, Pastor Sid speaks of it. It's the condition of our heart. It's not, okay, we're taking another offering. And I've seen people leave when, we, when someone has called for, for the first offering. This is the second offering. And it's an act of worship. And remember, it's, it's the condition of your heart. So what is the condition of your heart? In Matthew twenty two thirty seven, it says, New Living Translation, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And it says this throughout the scriptures. So if the uh, ushers are ready, can we, uh, if, if you need a, if you're giving in cash envelope, the ushers, uh, raise your hand, your ushers will give them to you. Just if you, if, if you all caught that, Gene's going on a mission trip in, is that in April? Uh, March. March. So if you have it in your heart to sow into his trip specifically, you provide all your own funding and that kind of thing. So if you have it in your heart to help him in that, um, memo Gene's mission trip so that we know exactly who it's to go to. Yeah, and there's another way. Uh, we have a, a sub, sub a, pre, a pretzel sandwich sale going on. You can sign up for that, see uh, Nicole or, or Shane. Uh, ushers are ready. Well, let's pray over this. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for the heart of missions that CWI has placed before you. Father, we pray that every heart will listen to the prompt. And, Father, more than anything, Father, may we seek you and pursue you in that quiet place so we may know exactly where we need to be positioned in your kingdom, Father. I pray that the seeds will, will multiply, that you'll bless the hands that's, that uh, distributed, Father, for your glory and honor this day, in Jesus' name, amen. So are you ready to receive from God today? Amen? Amen. Karen, come bless the people. God bless you, Jean uh, and Kat, for being a part of the Great Commission, uh, going into all the world um, to bring the good news. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. And we all have a part to play as we pray <clears throat> and pay into that 
that trip with you. Amen. It's a privilege and an honor that God gives each one of us uh, to be a part of the Great Commission. Maybe you're not called to go, but your prayers and your you're funding them, uh, God incorporates you in that blessing and that reward. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful gift from the Lord. 